0: It's Tuesday, November 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser, Million Dollar Portfolio, Mike Olson, and from Fool.com, Evan New. It's a packed house. Happy Tuesday. It man. is. This is back to old school. It wow. is old school. It feels this is, feel it old great. We're just forward. packed to the gills here. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk gadgets, we're going to talk holiday retail. Let's start with the gadgets. Uh, The iPad Mini with Retina display is now on sale. Uh, You may recall that last month Apple had said it uh, planned to start selling a new version of the Mini, uh, but it didn't specify a date, Evan. Um, Now it's out, uh, higher resolution, 7.9-inch screen. Uh, You are our tech uh, bureau chief over at fool.com. I know Apple is a company you watch closely. It's fair to say this is a stock that has struggled. Let's start with this gadget first, though. How much do you expect this gadget to move the needle? For shares of Apple? Well, I think that this model is what people are going to be wanting to buy this
1: holiday season. I think the biggest challenge that Apple faces is honestly making enough of them to go around, uh, because there are a lot of supply constraints that you know the company has hinted at, uh, in part you know, from the delays, saying we're not going to have it for a little bit later. Uh, shipping times are already starting to slip on some of the high-end models, which also brings into, you know, there have been some concern over the pricing being a little bit high, but we're actually seeing the, the most expensive ones that are like six dollars $700 are selling out pretty quickly, so
0: shows there's demand even on the high end for these smaller devices. So the new iPad, what is it? The iPad Air. Mm-hmm. The new iPad Air the new iPhones, the latest version, you're saying of everything Apple is offering, this is going to be the must-have gadget? Well, I think they're both
1: going to do pretty well. I think the iPad Air is going to re- really reinvigorate demand on the high end for the full-size segment. But you know the consumers are really shifting preferences to these smaller devices because they're more affordable, they're more mobile, uh, and they can really get a lot of the same things done. So I think there's a lot of you know, preference shift going on there.
2: Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing that I mean Apple has done so well with this iPad Mini. I mean, a lot of us, I mean myself included, were very skeptical as to whether you know they were going to be able to sort of find that middle ground between the phone and the the regular sized iPad. Um, and really, man, it's just amazing to see how well they've, they've defined that space. I mean, it's for the longest time they were trying to make phones small. Now they're trying to make them bigger. And they were trying to make tablets big. Now they're trying to make them smaller. So it's just really interesting to see how it all sort of migrates to this middle of the road mentality. But at the end of the day, I mean, Apple just every year they they basically expand their product selection, which I think is is pretty neat. And the pricing points uh, they offer now, I think I think is really attractive for consumers. Certainly opens up their consumer base than than um, you know before when I think it was more expensive high high. Uh, High range item. I mean, I, th- I think we shouldn't forget two
3: things. The first is that this still is a very expensive product, and so there is a logical limitation on the market size. Uh, and the second is that, I mean, Evan does point out that you know there are some meaningful improvements to the design on the iPad Air and the iPad Mini Retina display, but. At the margin, you know, we're looking out past the holiday season. How much an incremental demand are these products going to be able to drive? I have, you know, the full suite of Apple products. I am the quintessential urbanite or whatever you will. I mean, I'm a stereotype. It's fine. It's um, urbanite. Uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is, but it's something stereotypical. Um and <laughs> I got to be honest. Um, I'm not looking to shell another five hundred to go ahead and get the Retina display on my iPad Mini. I'm perfectly uh, satisfied with it, and that begs a larger question, which is. You know, what is that incremental improvement? How do you make the widget more exciting and continuously?
2: We well, know what we've got here. This is replacement cycle Mikey because now he <laughs> is just a replacement cycle guy, right? Right.
3: Like, I mean, basically, have you – I guess I guess the question is have you sufficiently locked me into the ecosystem or how much do I want to be ripped off on the next one? Um, <laughs> well, well, well we've, like, seen <laughs> this,
0: we've seen this in the enterprise space, right? We've seen this with Microsoft and businesses saying, look, we actually don't need to upgrade Computers across our company every two years because the products are good enough that we can push it out a year later. I, I'm, I'm not right. quite on my I, I mean, I've
3: got enough superfluous purchases under my <laughs> belt, <but> and <laughs> I don't need
1: to do more. Um. I think with, um, you know, tablets are such a young market in general that, you know, as they continue to grow, the performance gains each year are going to be greater than the performance gains we see on the PC side. So on the PC side, we are seeing upgrade cycles elongate in the enterprise and on the consumer side. Uh, but with tablets, you know, I think we're still – there's still a very much an adoption wave that we're still in the middle of. But, you know, the people that have already adopted are now on the upgrade or the replacement cycle that Mike's talking about. I think tablets right now, you know, will probably be in that two- to four-year range. Smartphones are two years. PCs are probably close to six or seven. Uh, so there's a lot of different, you know, angles to look at the market here.
2: There are – Mike Mike made a reference to the Word ecosystem that we, we throw around a lot. I think uh, it's becoming more and more relevant, though, as the proliferation of these devices continues to spread, uh, because they're becoming commoditized, more or less, Mm -hmm. at this point in the game. And so you look at companies like Apple, which are primarily hardware makers and think, all right, well, now they're going to have to figure out a way to sort of expand that business and really figure out new ways to generate uh, income. And, th- and then you look at something like an Amazon, which is more or less device agnostic. I mean, you can use Amazon on virtually any device. And then you've got to love sort of that long line of, of retail purchases and books and and what have you that, that you'll purchase throughout your life on Amazon. So I think I think it's worth looking at how Apple is going to try to grow this business. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard Tim Cook refer to Apple at some point here recently as a software. Company, which was kind of striking to me, it, it, it to me is not a software company. I mean, that's always been their their weak point. It's getting better. But, I mean,
3: but the software is certainly good, and they do a great job of creating a, a synchronized user experience. But to the extent that this is going to create captivity around a given product, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that they've achieved that threshold yet. And no. you know, the secondary thing, at least in the context of the whole tablet discussion, holidays, I'll be interested to see how the new Amazon HDX Fire uh, fares. They've put out what looks to be – I mean there, there were a lot of complaints surrounding the quality of the offering. It was a little bit buggy. It wasn't the slickest user experience. This one, by any stretch, is reported to be a substantial improvement, very user-friendly. And um, as you look at the specs, it's it's very comparable to what you're getting in an iPad Air or an iPad Mini. And
2: it's got mayday
1: and uh, I mean Tim Cook recently I remember he was talking a lot about how these markets tend to bifurcate after a certain period of time and that's exactly what's happening and, and Apple is kind of you know, really acknowledging that and sticking to the high end like they've always done. Uh, this is true on the smartphone and the tablet side. But you know, them moving the new Retina Mini model pricing up to four hundred, up from three thirty, they actually widen the pricing gap. You know, compared to the you know the new Nexus Seven to the Amazon HDX, which are both at two thirty. So I mean, they're very, very you know intentionally being like we don't care as much about that low end market. The specs are very comparable, but we're still going to kind of maintain our high ground. Really, kind of you know try to, you know shorehand in pricing power. Um, you know, so I think you know, they're, they're definitely moving up in pricing.
0: Uh, I should mention uh, we, we've talked uh, before about the uh, daily show that Matt Kopenheffer and David Hansen do, uh, Where the Money Is. Uh, Evan, you've got a show that you do uh, a couple times a week, Tech Teardown, uh, with Aaron Kennedy, uh, uh, your partner in crime over there in, uh, in, in fool.com editorial. Uh, for folks who haven't gone to the YouTube channel or haven't seen it on Roku – uh, give me give me twenty seconds on uh, tech teardown and what people get when they see that.
1: Yeah, we uh, we cover you know a lot, of, a lot of different segments. We cover the daily news. We, we you know do talk a lot about Apple since Apple tends to be one of the most followed companies in in the tech space. And you know we usually do Monday Wednesdays and Fridays and and you know, try to give a recap of everything that's going on. And you know we also like to look at the rumor mill because I think in in tech rumors are kind of a big thing in the in you know the space because everyone wants to know what's coming next and it's one of those. You know, things that are unique to the tech sector, that the rumor mill is very active, and investors like to watch that activity. And uh, as a side note, we're actually running a— I was going
0: to say, speaking of iPads.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of iPads, we are running a contest right now for exactly uh, what we're talking about. We're we're, um, giving away three free iPad Retina Minis uh, starting—we've or been running for about a week and a half. Going through this Friday, and uh, people listening right now that want to enter into this contest, we're accepting responses at freeipadfool.com.
0: What I have do, a question. You, you just send an email, or what do, you, what do you have to do to enter the contest? You send us
1: an email and you tell us why you love the Molly Fool, and we're going to pick the three most foolish responses to get a free iPad mini with Retina display. All
0: right, so get creative. Drop an email, freeipadfool.com. Flattery never hurt anyone. Flattery goes a long way people i should mention <laughs> that we,
1: we, we do have a lot of responses we all we're already up to over a couple thousand so it's, so uh, telling
0: you you're good
3: looking com- is not going to get too <laughs> <Yeah>. far anymore <laughs> bring, bring bring your again. you've already been ter- told that enough in
0: terms of creativity free ipad at full.com to enter that contest it ends friday jason you had a
2: i know the answer to this
0: question i'm sure but no you can't enter please uh,
2: never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um let's talk holiday retail because uh whether you like to admit it or not the the, the season has started, right? I mean, the yeah. holiday retail has absolutely started. Um, it's November 12th. Yeah, so, so of course. Started a while back. Um, and and I, was, I was saying to Mike earlier today when we were just chatting, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm really not. <laughs> but I just have this horrible sense that 2013 is going to be a terrible Year for a bunch of retailers, and I think there are a variety of contributing factors to that. One of them is the fact that this is going to be the shortest holiday shopping season in a decade because of where Thanksgiving falls. And in terms, you know, retailers want us to get in the doors right now and, and they're running their promotions and all that sort of thing. But I think the average person really does think of it in terms of after Thanksgiving, so the time frame is shorter. It's so crucial. The holiday quarter is so important to so many retailers. Uh, We see them coming out one by one with their different announcements. We've already seen Target and Macy's come out and say, hey, we're opening Thanksgiving night at 8 p.m. Walmart Walmart came out today, said they were opening their doors at 6 p.m., a- am I wrong to to be this pessimistic or, or, or are you feeling this too, Jason? I don't think so. I mean I'm kind of a glass half empty
2: guy. I mean I look at this <laughs> and I think, man, I mean there aren't a lot of reasons to be terribly enthusiastic about this holiday season. I mean uh, the unemployment picture is still cloudy at best and I mean there are no real reasons for people to get out there and spend a bunch of money. I mean caution has got to be the name of the game. Oh, with that said, everybody will probably just go out and run a bunch of credit and buy a bunch of crap. But, I mean, there are going to be retailers that do well.
3: I this gotta, so I'm got so i going to chime in here. I think there are three things that have really stuck out to me here. The first is teen retailers, which are kind of the bellwether for the at-the-margin recovery strength or lack thereof in the economy. They have consistently suffered in this earnings season. There's continuous promotional activity, and they're basically cutting each other off at the knees. The only one that had a good quarter, at least to the best of my recollection, this gap. Right. Second, okay, so recoveries and consumer spending happens at the margin. Consumer confidence continued declines. Now, part of that, maybe there's some noise in the October number on account of the fact that we have the shutdown. But- I don't think that's necessarily done. You will remember that's only been pushed out to, I think, January. Uh, the third, and this is perhaps the most telling statistic, is the recovery has mostly benefited those of upper incomes because they have the largest investment portfolios and they own their homes. Um, and obviously, they're a relatively smaller percentage of the population. There was a Goldman Sachs report that came out. Um, and it basically said that for those that have incomes that are less than household incomes less than 50K, I think only about 10% are more bullish about the economy relative to last year. Um, all of that basically positions retailers to go ahead and really have to work to get those incremental dollars. U6, which measures unemployment on kind of a system-wide basis, not dramatically improved. So you're going to see a lot of promotional activities, as you said, because you have this short season.
0: I don't know. One that I that caught my eye was Kohl's is running a promotion. I think it's on it's either Thanksgiving or on Black Friday. They're going to pick four people at random, four customers at random, and just say, "Oh, we're we're taking care of your tab." Um, they're not announcing it ahead of time uh, who these people <laughs> well, are. But, the, I, I don't know, but I don't but know I think, what I buy there. Um, yeah. But sweaters. <laughs> but, but but I'm wondering if that ill-fitting sweaters. I, I, I look at these promotions and I think uh, two things. One is that. Once again, this benefits consumers, but not necessarily investors, particularly when you look at the performance of these retailers uh, and how the stocks have done relative to the market in general. For the large part, they are trailing. Uh, But the other thing I wonder is, is there an opportunity here for retailers? Because it seems to me like, if nothing else, these promotions to get people in the door, it, it buys retailers one opportunity to maybe reintroduce themselves to customers, to say, hey, look, here's your customer experience. And if people have a good one, right? Because that's what it comes down to. What is is the value proposition for a consumer? When you go into a store, what's going to make you come back?
3: I think it's it's kind of a risk to the bottom, though, don't you think? I mean, if you do this on a long-term basis, so you go ahead and you condition expectations and say, all right, here here you go, we're giving you stuff like really, really, really cheap. And then someone comes back in and they're paying regular price for a given item. That's not good. I
0: mean, but but I, think it, I think for most people, the reason to go back to some sort of retail establishment usually boils down to one thing. I go back there because X. And X could be I go back there because I know they're not going to rip me off. I know I'm going to get a good deal. I know the experience of shopping there is a pleasurable one.
2: I think that's where price probably comes more into play now uh, than before because, I mean, you refer to the customer experience. Most of these places at this point in time, I mean, the customer experience is less than stellar. I mean, you go in there on Thanksgiving night, for example, you probably got a a whole staff of employees that are just – Really bitter to even be there in the first place, you know. So <laughs> I, there is that shampoo. concern as well. <laughs> Hopefully, not. Uh, I think when you look at the, you know, the retailers that will do well this holiday season, and even on through the holiday season, will be the Amazons and WalMarts of the world that have this tremendous distribution. Uh, again, though, going back to just the 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 general attitude going into the season. I mean, you also have to remember there was a considerable cut to food stamp benefits the snap benefits which yep. i mean and maybe yeah maybe we don't think a lot about that but i mean it's it's worth noting i mean walmart for example get, they get a lot of those food food stamp dollars and there're going to be a lot of food stamp dollars that are not going to be spent there which means that consumers are then going to have to figure out ways to allocate their dollars towards their food budgets, which means there's less discretionary uh, spending, whether it's at Walmart or Kohl's or JCPenney. So uh, I think that you're going to have people really focused on the cost side of thing of uh, things versus something like a uh, customer experience, because the customer experience at this point is more or less been mitigated in, in every regard. And the best experience is, is the one where you can you know, click buy and have it arrive on your doorstep in the next day or two.
3: Well, you know, and I think one other group of retailers that relatively speaking is going to do well just because there was not that magnitude of wealth destruction. And in addition to that, they're in a relatively good position, are the higher end sort of premium retailers. They're right. going to have the Nordstrom's of the world. You know, they just posted a great quarter. Um And I think you'll continue to see them do well going into the holiday season just because those people have benefited most from rising stock prices and improvements in the value of their home prices. Household net worth is highest that it's been. But I bet you that group benefits most – or probably benefits in a very outsized way. And the other end of the spectrum, they might not be doing as well. They might even be worse off.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at the – Niche probably isn't the right word, but specialty retailers. And you can, frankly, you can even throw Apple in there with their retail stores. There, that's this is a game that they don't have to play, right? Yeah. Certainly, Apple is not is not slashing prices to get people in the door of the store. <laughs> mm. I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, a Tiffany or or any other brand that is, or for that matter, even Coach, you know, is uh, that that perceives itself to be at the higher end of the of the retail spectrum, mm-hmm. even needs to play that game.
1: I but. mean, I don't think it'll come into play this holiday sh- shopping season. But Apple did just get a new retail chief, um, Angela. Aaron's? I, I don't know how to pronounce that.
0: Yeah, the woman uh, who was the uh, – Bur- you know, Burberry CEO. And, yeah, and she and, I did mean, great at Burberry.
1: Yeah, and and you know, I was watching this video um, the other day about her talking about. Uh, I think she was actually talking about Salesforce.com, but you know, she was really just talking about her strategy with making you know combining retail and digital. And it, you know, it's a really you know, I think she's a really good fit. And you know, after this year, you will probably start to see her influence on Apple retail
0: and how they kind of target consumers. A final question on this topic. Thanksgiving night. I, I know that there are some people who probably want nothing more than to get away from their relatives, and, and so <laughs> the notion that they can go to do some early shopping is attractive to them. I, are, are you one of those people, Mike? Uh, I, uh, let's just go down the. I road. mean,
3: I, I got to say, there's there's a high probability of a very awkward conversation, um,
2: <laughs> and I'm not perhaps looking forward. Slu- perhaps <laughs> the slurring of some words, <laughs>
3: right? Um, I'm not looking forward to that part. However, I. I I think that of the ways I could cause myself pain I'd rather be there than I would at like Best Buy
0: or something like that Evan Thanksgiving night where are we going to find you are you going to be in line somewhere probably
1: not I'm not a big uh, retail shopper you know kind of like Jason's I think the best way to shop is online I do most of my shopping online JMO
2: yeah I'm not an anti-dentite by any state of the (laughs) imagination here but I would rather go to the dentist than be caught at a black Thursday sale black Friday sale whatever it may be so it's you know, it begins and ends for me right here on this iPad.
0: Uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but I actually love Thanksgiving. It's just a, a big, uh, massive— It's my favorite holiday. Don't oh, Thanksgiving is great. It is a massive gathering at my sister's house, and uh, I just love it. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go to one of those sales anyway, but certainly not on Thanksgiving.
2: So what's the go-to beverage? Thanksgiving evening, you've finished eating. You're ready to kick back and relax. What's the go-to beverage?
0: Uh, it's probably going to be a Woodford Reserve Neat. You?
2: I like the sound of that. I would probably <laughs> go for something like a uh a, a nice porter.
1: Evan? Well I'm going back to Texas where I'm from for the holidays and probably gonna stick with a good old Shinerbach. Nice. Yeah.
3: yeah. Classic. I'm gonna have I will probably have a port in my hand. Real. Not porter, port.
0: We'll wrap up there. Mm-hmm. Mike Olson, Evan Newt, Jason Moser. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. How As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Anne Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.